0: Why, hello there. This is Sister Service. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about um, enduring trials. Um, The reason I'm bringing this up is because a friend of mine um, is recently falling on some really hard times, and just really confused about the power of prayer and how it works. And it wasn't that long ago that I actually was reading a lot of you know medical journal studies on prayer. And it's really awful if you go on to Wikipedia and ask about the power of prayer, it's going to tell you prayer is ineffective. Um, and, oh, here's all, the, here's all the studies that prove it. Um, but interestingly enough, as I was going through some of those studies to understand them better, a friend of mine emailed them to me, like the full study, and actually it did not show what um, Wikipedia said it was showing that prayer was ineffective. Actually, surprisingly, what it showed is that um, in like a double blind study that was done, um, that there was significant change in all of the patients. And now, how did they change? Well, they were finally stopping the test of whether or not prayer stopped someone from having a physical ailment and they started testing whether or not prayer changed someone's outlook, someone's, um, just their ability to cope with what they're dealing with. That was the difference. For this double blind study, the people who were praying, and then the people who they were praying over, um, there was also a control group where they were praying for nobody. And um, interestingly enough, Every person that actually, you know, because there there's people that were participating in this that nobody was praying for them. And they were like, I feel nothing. Um, but every single person who was being prayed over, they were given um, the, the people who are praying for them were called agents. <laughs> the agents were given a picture of them and just a first name, something like that, to just look at, to ponder on and pray on that person each one of those participants, not only did the person who was praying for that real specific person, the real specific person felt the power of it. I was blown away by the study, and I cannot believe that anyone would say that there is no power in prayer. Even myself, while I was in the hospital, there would be moments where I would feel very much uplifted. I would feel a change in the way that I was experiencing the world around me. And I stopped one time and I I queried the Lord. I was like, what is this feeling? And before I even finished that sentence, I felt a power come down from heaven, like saying, this is the prayer of the righteous on your behalf. And um, I'm telling you, the power of prayer is absolutely real when it comes to trials. Now, one of the problems that we have with um, all of us in the gospel is that we we demand miracles sometimes. We want our miracles. Uh, We hear about the miracles all the time. And that is just, unfortunately, very unhelpful. In a couple of uh, podcasts ago, I talked about the dangers of sentimentalism in our religion and that is one of them because we set people up to expect these very sentimental stories of miracles Um, unfortunately we know that god understands that suffering is awful it's bad this is what he sent his son to come down here to stop but unfortunately for us That doesn't mean he's meant to stop it here in this life. He's meant to stop it so that we don't endure it forever. This week, I have had kind of a rough week. Um, I spent a day, a whole day in the emergency room with my son. And I was just sitting there observing um, just other people. Sometimes that's kind of all you can do while you're holding a kid. And I even talked to a few people um, while I was in there. Um, There was a lot of striking examples of people who were enduring. There was a man who had been through so much chemotherapy and he came up to the desk and he was telling them that he was done. He was done and he didn't want any more and he was talking about, he was ready to die. And he kept saying from dust to dust, ashes to ashes. And he kept basically repeating himself because you could tell that um, he was elderly and he was tired and he was done. And um, his plight at that moment just really touched my heart because I know there's a lot of people who are in that boat who have endured for many years and they're tired and they're done. And I will tell you that in Handbook Two, at the back of it, it does talk about, um, you know, prolonging someone's life, you know, making them do everything within all of their power to stay here and how that is actually wrong, especially when we know that their life is coming to a close and there isn't much left to do. And in the case of this poor man, I don't know all of the details, but his family was talking to me, um, just because they were beside themselves, you know, they just want him to stay and be here and stay, even if that meant a few more months, but the poor man was just coming apart at the seams. It was very, very, this harrowing ordeal, um, awful, and I can't, you know, try to, say what was right or wrong in this situation. All I can say is I understood. I think we have a mistaken idea about the role of this life and how it connects to suffering. When we think about suffering, when we think about trials, you know, we, we want them to We want our miracle to be there. We think that our faith is like this transactional thing that um, if we want it to be, if if we want to invest our time in it, then we better get something out of it that is real, tangible and helpful. And we think that that is what it is. We think that's the real tangible help is to be, you know, delivered from our pain into a miracle of healing and that is not what we get out of it the the problem is we're all looking for this transactional god i've been good all my life i deserve a b and c and in some ways our relationship is transactional but not with god it's it's transactional with eternal truths okay so there's that but the relationship we have with god is just that a relationship. It's relational. We can't expect it to be. uh, We want you to bend all of the laws of physics and nature. We want you to, you know, um, go against eternal truths in order to be our father. And that isn't and should never be something we ask of our Heavenly Father. But we do because we're so desperate. We don't see the long game like he does. And then when we consign ourselves to realize our, our miracle isn't coming, then we think God is aloof. He is nowhere to be found. And maybe he's not real after all. In this scenario, we are the fair weather friends. We are the ones who say, unless my demands are met, I will not believe. It's a very difficult situation to find yourself in. I was reading one time something, um, it's in like the Joseph Smith papers, but it was actually a secondhand account by uh, William, I believe. I can't remember the last name, but he was saying how he heard Joseph Smith say that one of the purposes of coming down here was that when we were in the pre-existence, Um, anyone who had ideas about pain, misery, and suffering, or anyone who had any idea as far as experience, they would always be, um, they would always have power over those who did, didn't have any experience, didn't have any understanding. And people who, individuals or spirits who understood that suffering was bad, they had power. And the reason we needed to come down here and to understand just how awful suffering is, just how important it is for us to not um, exercise unrighteous dominion. We had to come down here to experience it, to see for ourselves and know for ourselves. And oddly enough, we really are down here for such a short time, but it feels like forever to us. Um, And... And it's interesting that um, that Joseph Smith said it in such a way that it almost sounds like being here on this earth is like defense against the dark arts, that we can finally defend ourselves against um, the voices of Satan. I mean, he did take away a third of the host of heaven just by saying, this plan is wrong. And they believed him because they didn't have. (laughs) They didn't have anything to draw from. They didn't have experience. But God gives us our free agency. He gives us our choice to choose what we want to choose. And we can talk about what, uh, what they did or didn't know, what we did or didn't understand back then, and why. Maybe, you know, what's going on with those spirits in the future. But all we can do is make another choice while we're here to trust god in our misery and pain and suffering that is probably the hardest thing i've ever come to know on this in this life if somebody ever said to me what is the hardest truth you've ever come to know i will tell you the hardest truth is to face incredible suffering and to say the words i trust you god because that's the last thing you want to say you you don't you don't trust anything or anyone you're you're suffering. You just see the suffering. You just feel the suffering. And when you're into that level of suffering, there isn't much outside of yourself. Um, But once it's all over, you have time to, you know, endure and and really think it through and just pull, flush that out. What what just happened? What did all that mean? And the reason you have time to do that is because all suffering ends. So maybe you suffer every single day. You're alive. Even after this life, you will have Mm -hmm. time to endure that moment where you have to pull apart. What just happened? What was this life? What was I supposed to learn? And you're able to reflect. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're not going to see everything here in this life, but you're experiencing it. And now you've got, um, um, forever, to think through each of the things that you feel every day and to understand it better. And so that's why we always talk about having extreme patience with God here, because we don't have enough time to figure out if he's just ignoring us or if he's really there. We don't have the time to sit there and to flush out every detail. We do have enough evidence, just enough given to us that he is there for us, that he uplifts us, that prayer works, but just enough to not remove our faith. And that will always be the case in this life. Your choice here is to decide, will I be patient with God and wait for my answer? Can I endure this hard life and realize that the answers may not even come in this life you may watch hundreds of people have children who don't deserve to have children and you can't have children and you would be the best mother ever you may watch hundreds of people waste their lives with video games though with their able bodies when your body is not able, and you would do so much with it if it just was. These are the trials that we endure here on this earth. And it was not meant to be easy. I think that's, that's the hardest pill to swallow, is that being alive was not ever meant to be easy. It was meant to give us an advantage over evil forever. And if we can just endure through this life, we're guaranteed by Jesus Christ that all suffering will end for us. All suffering. He will put an end to all suffering. And so that's the beauty of forever. So then why do we stay? Why don't we just check out of this life? That can be a draw too. And so we have to be very careful that we're not talking only about relief in the next life, because now we're making suicide sound amazing and awesome for some people and that is not my intention that is not God's intention either our choice is to believe that prayer can uplift that it truly can change your brain chemistry enough to where you feel the ability to move on and to go on and to take another step forward even through suffering, and the pain. That is the power of prayer. That is the power of putting someone's name in the temple. It is prayer. Those names are being prayed over in the temple. The power of prayer is what lifts us to continue on, to have hope, to feel, to keep on going. If we lose sight of the power of prayer, then we lose sight of one of the greatest miracles that really does exist that is always timeless and true that we are loved and that we have the tools given to us through the suffering and pain to be able to endure it this isn't always a hundred percent and one of the reasons for that is our ability to feel it and to hear when you're into a level you know, when they say, you know, what's your pain scale between one or 10, you know, like one is no pain. 10 is the worst pain ever. You know, I always joke that if you can say the word 10, you're not really a 10, right? I joke about that all the time. But when you're at a 10, you don't have anything outside of yourself. Everything is cut off. And so, um, yes, prayer does have a limitation on that level of suffering. Thankfully, you live in the latter days where there's all types of medication that can um, jump in and save you from that. Some of the things you can hold on to is that all suffering ends. Some of the things you can hold on to is that prayer works. And if you understand the boundaries of where one ends and one begins, if you understand that the tools have been given to us here on this earth to endure, you can start to have hope. Things and answers exist. Medical breakthroughs exist. Hope exists. And so enduring trials is no more and no less than never giving up and continuing to have hope in every new morning that today is a fresh day and tomorrow may be better. And that is the hope of Christ. And a few quick things I do want to hit before I end here. Uh, One of the things is while I was in the emergency room with my son, I also watched um, a couple other things. I got a phone call myself from my doctor about something that was going wrong with my leg that may end up needing surgery. And I was in there just, you know, normally if this had happened on any other day, I probably would have had myself a little mini pity party. I'd have been like, I've been through enough already. Wow. You know? Um, but this moment I was sitting there and I was across, it, it was like, we were this, the second triage area was like the size of a living room. And there was like 15 people or 12 to 15 people in this little living room almost. And you're like maybe three feet away facing other people. Mm -hmm. And there was no curtains, no nothing. And so I'm facing this man who's like in his mid thirties, early thirties, somewhere around there. And he's all alone by himself and he is passing a kidney stone and he is absolutely miserable. And he's just writhing in pain and going through so much, no family, nobody there with him. He's all alone. And, you know, there's a few things that cross my mind through things like that. One of them being obviously the power of prayer. But the second thing that crossed my mind was thankfulness. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds really Mm -hmm. awful, but um, being thankful for what you have really does help you get through some of the trials of life. Um, for me, it's being able to realize that there are people out there that have it worse. I live in a very amazing country where medical assistance is available. I don't have a home that has a dirt floor. I sleep in a bed. Um, I have a family who's there to support me. If even one small thing happens, Um, you know, I there's just the list is unending of the things that I can still be focused on to be grateful for and to be thankful for. I I just saw that poor man and I thought to myself, that's a person who needs my prayers. And it reminded me of the power of being grateful and how being grateful and thankful for what you still have can save you from your worst moments of suffering. Because you can, you can get sucked into the pity party of how hard your life is right now. And if you do that for too long, you do start to lose hope. You start losing sight of all that you still have. Um, And we forget that we do have a loving heavenly father who who is showering us with gifts daily but we're often so unaware of those gifts so unaware of the beauty all around us that he's constantly giving unto us and so i think of alma um i want to say it's chapter seven chapter 7, verses 11 through 12. This is a section talking about Christ. And he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this, that the word might be fulfilled, which saith that he will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. He will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death, which bind his people." And he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now, I love this section um, just because of the fact that it's saying according to the flesh. They're literally saying, that this is why he took on a body. This is why he suffered the way that he did, so that he would understand how you and I, being in a body, could be best taken care of. He is trying, he has understanding, and he is doing his part to shower blessings upon us as needed. It's our jobs to be very careful of our perception of the world around us and to realize all that we've been given so much, so many blessings, so many wonderful things are in our realm that we don't need to um, focus so much on the negativity of the pain and suffering that is within us. We need to find positive things to look for in our lives. And that kind of helps us just remain positive. Um, Our brains are very, very susceptible to our focus. And if we can focus on those things that, that are positive, then we can understand a little better on how to, you know, change the, the way that we feel capable of enduring. There is a couple of conference talks. Um, one of them by Bednar is called, I think that we might not shrink. Um, I think it's 2013 if memory serves and that one is a wonderful one to read. There's also an amazing talk. I want to say it's by Francine Bennion, all about, um, the nature of suffering and that one is an adversity and that one is just brilliant. Listen to that talk. That one is going to really, um, open up these subjects. Both of those talks are fabulous. If you have time, um, dive into them they're going to be so much more in depth than even what i've offered you today and i'll leave you with my testimony that i believe in the power of prayer i believe in a christ who will redeem us and i believe that we are we have the tools given to us to overcome and to get through this to where we can bear these afflictions if we can just try to seek the Lord early before the afflictions happen, but if we're in the middle of them, seek all the things that are um, available to us. Seek a priesthood blessing. Seek counsel from those that you find to be full of wisdom. Don't give up and find hope in all that you have. These are the tools that our Heavenly Father has given us that we should employ. And after your day of suffering is over don't forget about it write it down what were the lessons you learned because right now that can change your heart into a heart of empathy for other people so that your bowel your own bowels are filled with compassion and understanding and you are now spending more time in prayer for other people and i say that in the name of jesus christ amen